Welcome one, welcome all to another exciting edition of This Week in Pop Culture. My name is Arash and geez, God, we have a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about. This also includes some Xbox and PlayStation news. But let me first introduce us, let me introduce you guys to our wonderful team. With me on Tuesdays and also on Sundays is the awesome Michael Burgi. What up, Hash? Uh, you can catch this lady every Wednesday on Twitch and on Facebook. Say hello to Sammy Castillo. Hello. And there is no Comic-Con that she has not been to that she has not interviewed you or you're about to get interviewed by her, by, by her, the Ms. Leslie Fry is in the house. Hello, everyone, beautiful people. I know. Uh, uh, sadly enough, uh, Mayhem is not here because Mayhem is on assignment, a.k.a. real job. But, you know, he's here in <laughs> spirit uh, because, because last week someone got their B card. And Michael Mayhem will talk about that next time he's on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get into some uh, ridiculously fun news for this uh, for this lovely evening. Tiger King's Joe Exotic is begging for a pardon, but with a 257-page letter. Who has the time for it? Earlier this year, yeah. <laughs> Earlier this year, Joe Exotic, the subject of Netflix's wildly popular documentary series Tiger King Murder Mayhem and Madness uh, shared a statement on his Facebook page that he was seeking a presidential pardon for his uh, 22-year prison sentence, having been convicted of 17 counts of animal abuse, two counts of murder for hire, and on, or on his rival, Carol Baskins. Now, Exotic is taking the efforts of his pardon to the next level with a 250-page letter uh, um, pleading his case to the president. Uh, Joe Exotic uh, is sending his team of lawyers to Washington, D.C. in hopes that his letter gets in the hands of Donald Trump. The letter contains uh, sexual assault and abuse by um, jail staff. He also claims that his uh, convictions are the result of homophobia and blames uh, a handful of people, which includes his former business partner, uh, Jeff Lowe's, um, and the for and the current judge that put him in jail in the first place. Uh, but while Joe is sitting in jail looking for a pardon, Carol Baskins is currently a contestant on Dancing with the Stars? What gives? Um, I will say this. I'm not looking forward to Carol Baskins' dirty dancing. Do you guys think uh, that Joe will actually somehow get a pardon, or are you excited for this season's Dancing with the Stars? Sammy, let's start with you. 257 pages is a novel. That's not a letter. Right? That's a novel. I want to know what was how, left like, on the uh, the script floor, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I like how his letter isn't like, this is how I've repented, I'm so sorry. It's It's all like, you know... Um, they did bad things, so I should get out of here because I have a modicum of fame. Um, but, um, yeah, the, they're all just like trying to hit their 15 minutes of fame. And, um, I mean, does, do people still watch Dancing with the Stars? Is that still a thing? Like, I don't, yes, I don't is. know. I don't yeah. TV watch. So, um, but, uh, oof, 
that's going to be brutal watching her try and dance. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie. Oh, let me step up and buy a ticket to the circus. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're right, Sammy, $257, seven pages is, is like the first two parts of a novel. So maybe that is what we're actually getting. And I have some stinking suspicion that that's going to be released somehow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, somehow, just somehow. It's just going to get lost in the mail to the president and just land in a publisher's lap somewhere. And right. somebody will release it. Um, as far as Dancing with the Stars, I... You know, everybody likes to watch that just because sometimes it is a huge debacle. And, mm -hmm. you know, this is all a part of that, what they're feeding us right now. We are right. we are buying this. This is in the news. They know exactly what they're doing. And as far as Joe Exotic's, um, you know, luxury stay at prison, um, take a number, dude. That's what happens in prison. Hey, you know, they have their own code there. Um, and, and, and him being homosexual, that's a commodity. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Virgie. That's, you know, you got for us, baby. I'm agreeing with the, uh, my lovely esteemed panel here. Uh, the ladies here with, uh, Joe exotic, 257 pages. Good Lord, man. I know it's all he's gotten in prison is a little bit of time to do some writing, Maybe he could have came up season two of, uh, you know, Tiger King. You know, maybe this, uh, maybe this letter is season two. Who knows? To the president. Uh, I mean, if anybody's watched the show, there's a lot of contradictions inside the show on its own. The FBI kind of like contradicts himself from one episode to the other. So a lot of stuff I kind of think maybe he might be a little innocent of. It's also like you know, like people sitting around, you know, at a club or a bar or a friend's house or something. Or you get in a fight with somebody who's like, "I'm going to kill that person." No one actually really goes through with it, and that's what happens there. And some crackhead from Florida basically supposedly hired to kill somebody. So I mean, like, there's a lot of contradictions in that in that story. So I don't think he's going to get pardoned, but I mean, so I think someone needs to reopen that case a little bit and to look at it. But he's not going to get pardoned. There's no, no. way, uh, you know. And then if he's all complaining about, well, I'm getting treated poorly in prison, well. You're in prison, dude. Like it's not Club Med. You know, you're not on a vacation. It's not Disneyland. You know, you're not seeing the mouse and you know other stuff here. So this is what you did, man. You didn't want to go there. You shouldn't have done stupidity. Right. That's why we all are out here talking about this stuff. And not he's in, in a there. he's in a state prison, not a yeah. federal prison. Right. He's in a state prison. And he's not isolated. He's not he's isolated. isolated. He's in no, public. Yeah. He's in public. He's public domain for those prisoners. Oh, he's yeah. Pop, yeah. He's um, it's just, I don't know, man. There's just a lot of stuff on it. But I do agree that that uh, 257 page novel will be hitting, you know, Barnes Noble at some point in the next two years. I'll bet money on it. You what know? do you mean, two years? I mean, we're even getting it even worse. The fact that we're probably going to get a developed uh, series out of Netflix and we're going to have Nicolas Cage as playing. As, as playing Joe, I mean, not Joe Dirt, I mean, Joe Exotic. Um, <laughs> Joe Dirt. <laughs> as, as if the Tiger King bandwagon isn't over yet. Amazon is currently working on a Tiger King series starting Nicolas Cage. But another Tiger King series is also in development, but by NBC for their Peacock streaming service, starring Kate McKinnon, 
who will be playing Carol Baskins in that series. With the real drama happening and the stories happening on both ends with no real ending, Netflix and NBC can milk this for a very, very, very long time. Who do you think will win the Emmy for best WTF story? <laughs> and which one will you watch? Sammy, let's start with you. Well, based on like what it sounds like, the people that they have starring, it sounds like Amazon is bought like Joe Exotic's story. Mm -hmm. And then the, uh, NBC uh, with Kate bought Carol Baskin's story. Yeah. So it's going to be funny to see if both of these do actually get made with no one, you know, getting shut down before the other. And if they both get made, it's going to be interesting to see how comically villainous they make the other. Right. Because Cage and McCannon are pretty outlandishly funny actors. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I've not seen the show but I would I would watch Nick Cage being you know Tiger King. That's gonna be hilarious. Yep. Same. You know, so it'll I be mean, interesting if they both actually make it into production and then obviously to distribution. It'll be interesting to see um, the story takes on it. That'd be true. Leslie, thoughts and who's I, gonna win the who's gonna win the Emmy? Let's start with that. I Who have to agree with Sam. I, you know what? I have to tell you, I don't know. I mean, both of them, Kate McKinnon is hilarious, and Nicolas Cage is hilariously quirky. So mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. I mean, and and I hate that I'm saying this, but I'm going to watch it. I'm going <laughs> to watch it just for the laugh factor. Um, just the yeah. fact that you spent many hours watching the series and reading the extra stories to like not be engulfed into the madness again. I, I'm gonna tell you something. I did not watch Tiger King. I did not watch it because I, I, you know, I vehemently, you know, I had an aversion to anybody that that has uh, animals in captivity unless okay. they're on kind of a, a re uh, reserve. Right. So I really did not want to watch it, and. It, the minute that my husband made some comment about the fact that there was, you know, that he was brought up on cruelty to animal charges, I was just like, I was just like, no, I don't even want to watch that. So, however, I will watch the movies. I will watch the takes on that. And then maybe, just maybe, I'll go and watch the series. I'd rather watch what was created based or what stories they come up with the context from what this, the real life story is than mm -hmm. actually think the story itself. Maybe this the fact that it's removing it from reality to to know, full life TV drama now. Yeah, to, yeah. If, if if it is going to be drama, I think it's going to be hilarious. But um, I probably will watch that more than watching the series. But I, I think I'm going to watch it. Mike, how do you think they're going to show Carol Baskin's husband's death? What's going to be the <laughs> Nick Cage version? What's going to be? The the uh, the McKinnon version. <laughs> oh God, it, it, it's going to be award winning either way you go with it. You know, I'm just curious as to which tiger eats them and stuff like that. How are they going to do this? Because according to Joe Exotic, he is either in a tiger belly somewhere or he's underneath the uh, the septic system that they had installed. Right. Um, according to you know Carol, he's in a retreat somewhere in Florida in the middle of the swamp. 
aka gal- alligators. Who knows? Like, I think they've picked two decent character uh, actors that are going to play these, portray these characters very well. I'm a little curious on Car- on uh, McKinnon. I love her. I think she's hilarious. She is like one of the best reasons to watch SNL. Um, and the female Ghostbusters, she was the best part of that entire movie. Other than that, the movie was trash. But she's a great character actor and the way she does her portrayals. I'm curious to see how she's going to do the Carol Baskin. I think both of them are going to be like the, what do they call them, dramedies? Like yeah. a drama comedy in a way. We'll get an episode, like maybe 50, 60% of it's going to be drama. But you're going to get thrown with like little snide comments back and forth. I think Nicolas Cage is going to take it over the top. Right. He's a wackadoo with some of his uh, roles and the way he does some of the stuff. And you see the memes that are posted all over social media and his crazy eye looks and stuff like that. He is perfect for Joe You're Exotic. Expecting the, uh, yeah, like, you, you know, every time. Like, yeah, I think one of the memes he does, he does like this. He points at the screen and something goes like that for something with a cigarette in his mouth. He is going to portray Joe Exotic, I think, amazing. I'm curious to see some of the cast that they're going to have for these people. Like, who's the supporting cast? Like, <laughs> that's true. You know, who who's plays, the who plays the boyfriends or right. husband? Who plays Carol Baskin's hus- husband number one and husband number two? Well, that's Jeff Lowe. Who plays He's the staff saying, member? You know. <laughs> right? He plays both ends. He plays both um, ends. But to be honest, the Emmy goes to us because we're going to be the ones watching it and then milking this yet again. So hopefully by next year something comes up. and I think both st- shows go at least two seasons. And then I think it's like the something else in the – Universe will catch America and the world's attention. Another, another shiny object. Ooh, a butterfly. You know, we'll yeah. be on more crazy. Hello, if if Nicholas Cage gets the two hundred and the like the two hundred and fifty seven page notary, whatever the heck he got, that's a script on its own. That's oh, that's yeah. at least one season of, of we'll prison do an audio stories. Book of him reading it to Trump. Oh, I'll do God, it. I'll do it. Tom- <laughs> I'll do it. All right. Just it'll be available through Amazon Audible. <laughs> it'll it'll be like uh, not Watergate. What was the one with Bill Clinton? Um, what was that one? Which was like a binder. I know you're talking uh, about. I can't oh. remember what they called it. Yeah, it, it it'll be like that, where oh, every celebrity takes turns reading a passage. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, speaking of stuff, speaking of the gods of COVID. 19 and the gods of 2020, the Kardashians are done. I know everyone's oh. excited for this one. Thank the Praise Lord. Praise whatever God everyone believes in. Keeping up with the Kardashians come to an end with their final season, which will be season 20. After 14 years of keeping up with of, of the Kardashians, is coming to an end. Season 19 will begin on September 7th, and season 20, which is the end, will premiere in 2021. Will you miss this drama, Phil, family, or will you thank the COVID gods? Sammy, let's start with you, since you're a big fan. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, totally. Every day. I've got t-shirts, hats, all of it, yeah. <laughs> um, quite honestly, I'm impressed that such a shallow vapid banal show lasted 14 years (laughs) good for them um i have never watched it nor have never had any desire to watch it so i'm excited because people will stop talking about it now (laughs) (laughs) leslie are you sure sammy god i hope so 
<laughs> I can see this turning into a movie, but go ahead, Leslie. Um, I honestly feel like there's going to be some spinoffs. Uh-huh. Right. And, um, you know, what is already had. Yeah. But I think that that's probably that, you know, they're going to find another venue mm-hmm. to use that, use the girls in. I honestly feel like also that Kanye put his film, his foot down when it came to Kim. You know, Kanye is has become extremely religious and he thinks that that kind of stuff is just, you know, anything like that, any chase for fame and stuff is very trivial mm-hmm. and not godly. And so I think he put his his foot down when it came to Kim. So that's a component that's going to be missing when they do have the spinoffs. But that family cannot stop being in the camera. There's just mm-hmm. no way. So they're they're going to continue to to do something. I would say something, but this is a kid friendly show, so I'm not going to say it. But. I know That's one it. thing about them. I know mm-hmm. one thing about them. They cannot stay outside, out of the camera. They have to be in it. They have to be relevant. So they're um, the camera hogs in a way. Oh, they're yeah. complete camera hogs. Yeah, I, I was going to use hogs, but yes. So, um, <laughs> so they they cannot they cannot stay out of camera. And this is they're going to find a reason to be relevant again. They're going to find a reason. This is the driving force behind this family. Uh, they have, you know, merchandise and everything. I mean, look, Kylie made an appearance in in the WAP video. Yeah. They're going to stay well, relevant somehow. You're going to start seeing them. So it's not over, y'all. Unfortunately, it's not over. Mm-hmm. Michael, we all know you didn't buy the makeup. I, we all know you don't buy the dash dresses and everything. But are you? You, you don't. You don't know it's in my closet. I know, I'm just you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's um, none of that stuff. Kylie's cat suit. Right, right, guys, cats too. You don't have any of those. But I feel a lot a little bit better. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> you weren't I, invested with the Nets either to see that marriage happen and fall apart in like literally four episodes. <laughs> please, like it's it's like Leslie said, like she wanted to call them something else. They're they're like they're an itch that just doesn't go away. They're a rash. This is gonna be like poison ivy, like. It's they're going to come back. Like I, I'm glad that they're coming off the ear for probably a year or so because they're going to revamp something. Mm-hmm. Kim cannot be in the spotlight. She has to do something in it. And Kanye, I get it. He has gotten religion. All of a sudden, he's like, "Oh, I don't want to do this," but yet I'm running for president. So you don't want to be <laughs> in the spotlight. So I mean, just like which one is it, bud? You you want to be out? You want to be in? You know? Right. So. Like that, I find a little bit hilarious and and stuff. And like, the only reason she's famous is because she did a video twenty something years ago with a guy named Ray J. Like, let's be honest here. Yeah, that's that's the reason she got famous. She got popular. For, don't get me wrong. She's a decent looking girl. She's got curves. God bless her. They've whored out the sisters and everything like that for what they've done to make that show popular. The whole family has. Like, I don't blame Rob for not being on it and like trying to stay away from it. But he's still drawn back into it every once in a while. It's just they'll be back one way or another. Kylie will be back somehow because she's the one now that's got the fame. She's getting the younger crowd. They'll probably be on Quibi. They'll probably be doing something on like those channels, YouTube or something. They'll be back. I say give it a year. Once that show ends a year later, somehow they'll be back, whether it's Kylie on her own show. Kim does her own thing again without the rest of the family because she thinks she can do it without them, but she needs that drama. They'll be back any way you look at it. 
Well, with their mother Chris on that little helm and everything, I wouldn't be surprised if they do um, um, keeping up with Kylie for for Quibi. Go ahead, Leslie. I was going to make a statement to Bergie. The the reason why Kim probably won't do anything is because that she does not represent the the wife of what a president would have. So he's basically removing her from that. He he this guy really feels like he can run for president because he feels like he's a moral code or a compass to <laughs> for America. But that is just that that's the relevance of it. I really think that he's really been removing her from this kind of limelight stuff so that she could be more representative of what a, a, a president's wife would be. Well, yeah. if he thinks being bat nuts crazy is going to work. I mean, who who knows? Yeah, go he, ahead, Bert. He will never get elected because didn't he used to be a gangbanger that got shot how many times, had his jaw wired shut, made an album that way because of his his wrong one. That's that's the other guy. That's not Kanye. Kanye never no, that was fifty cents. No, I'm pretty sure Kanye had his his jaw wired shut and had to actually do an album that way and released an album. I I know hip hop. He, he probably did. got it. He didn't get shot, but he did get his mouth wired shut because he got braces. Because there was a couple episodes, there was a couple of pictures with him wearing braces, but he was never shot. Mm, he worked well. at Blockbuster. Uh, Fifty Cent was on shots nine times. No, I think yeah. that Kanye. I think Kanye had some experience in Chicago when he was growing up, though. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Who yeah, knows? When he was in, yeah, but and if, if if he feels like he's a great role model and he's keeping the Kardashians at check, and he's probably a good reason why this happened, maybe it's a good thing. Right. Only, really? only with his wife. Only with his wife, though, because he, he sure can't run that mother. So, right. right. And and with Chris, as I said, still still on that helm. It's only a matter of time that the two youngest get their spinoffs, and we're going back into the Kardashian bandwagon of oh my god, what am I watching? Mm -hmm. Anyway, speaking of oh my god, what am I watching? What about oh my god, what am I eating? Um, Burger King is testing a chocolate oh. waffle. Yes, for all you diabetics out there, this one's for you. I don't know. Uh, do you guys remember when Burger King introduced the black bun? Some, yes. Some yes. Yeah. Well, Burger King is testing a new concept, the chocolate Whopper. I wish I was making this up. Uh, the new burger is currently being tested in Taiwan. Yeah, good luck, guys, in the U.S. Uh, the chocolate Whopper has a beef patty that's coated in chocolate with candied syrup as <laughs> as ketchup, oh. with shaved chocolate as as lettuce, and chocolate coated or sorry sugar coated pickles, onions, and tomatoes. If you want to get your hands on this candy coated deliciousness, then you have to take a nice little flight to Taiwan and get it, or you can be some of the lucky few that want to pay extra bucks and get it on eBay. Or wait a little bit longer, just like the Black Bun, and the U.S. will release it. Uh, will you be trying the diabetically challenged <laughs> chocolate whopper when it comes out in the U.S.? Sam, you love fast food. Would you, would you try one? No. Gross. No. Like, that is such a weird mix of things. And then just to candy everything as well. It's very odd. Like who? Like Sugar I would love give it to have been in that pitch, in that R and D pitch. Right, right. right. So we got this slab of red meat, and we're gonna make it better by coating it in chocolate. 
Okay. But no, no, no. Wait. All of the fixins are going to be filled with sugar and right. candied. So, like, ugh. And, like, how are they going to keep, like, the lettuce then? Like, what is that going to taste like? Just shaved chocolate. It's just shaved chocolate. It's not lettuce. It's just shaved chocolate. Yeah. Oh, you just said yeah. it was all candy. No, it is all candy. I said the shaved chocolate as lettuce. Oh, okay. Sorry. I missed that. But ugh, still gross. No. I highly doubt that it's actually going to get released in the U.S. No, it will. Oh, I believe it's going to be released in the U.S. It's a weird thing. And Asian markets have a very strange palate when it comes to food. Mm-hmm. So they they eat like stuff that would be like, why the f- are you eating that with mm-hmm. that? You know, it's it's a it's a very weird mix. So like for the Asian markets, I can easily see this being crazy big, um, you know. But I mean, here I can't imagine it it actually getting to the U.S. But the eBay though, that that's that's an interesting point, you know. <laughs> Leslie, you eat a burger waiting like that took like a week and a half to get to you. Yeah, it's it's chocolate. It's chocolified. You mm-hmm. never know. Anyway, Leslie. Um. Well, as far <laughs> as chocolate covered meat is concerned, the French are notorious for chocolate covered meat. Mm-hmm. So, um, as Michael makes a face. <laughs> no, nope, you've they never do. had chocolate covered bacon. I I know for. <laughs> And it's that delicious. That is delicious. That is delicious. That is so, amazing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's a that's that's something. So they probably like got the concept of that. I don't know about that because that's a salted piece of meat, and the the salt and the chocolate together are what oh, makes God, the yeah. combination. So this is just the plain burger. Although, like I said, the French are notorious for putting beef and chocolate together. Yes, it does happen. Uh, so I. I'm curious what it's going to taste like. Mm-hmm. I don't imagine that this is going to be like a, a, you know, an expensive piece of meat, which is the difference between when the French make it, they make it with an right. expensive piece of meat and then they put the chocolate on it. And then the other items being uh, all candied. That to me is, I think, the most disgusting part of it. It's not the chocolate burger per se. It's the fact that everything around it has is candied. Sugar. Like I've never had a candied pickle. I've never had candied lettuce. Um, I mean, can, uh, sh- uh, I've never had shaved candied lettuce tomatoes. looking thing. Right. That is just like overly. So it's like too much in my opinion. And at first when we, when I read it, I thought, Oh, it's just going to be a dessert. Like, you know, Hey, we're going to offer this as a dessert, like whatever the little tchotchke items that they offer and everything like that. Right. But I'm assuming the chocolate covered meat is is a derivative of of the French meat. But I just don't know what kind of meat they're going to serve with it, which is making it more distasteful to me to think about it. Um, will I try it? No, no, I, I can't eat that much sugar because right. it gives me a headache. Um, and if it's not dark chocolate, I'm not going to eat it. So um, that's a no for me. I I do think that they may try to. Bring that to the U.S. market. Somebody will try it. You know how you know how Americans are. I'll try it once. You know, or there'll be such a high demand that it eventually get here. Right, right. Um, and I'm really surprised that the Chinese would even, or that they would like it. 
um, you know, I like Asian food and I, and I feel like that is just too sweet for Asian food. Even when you get candy over there, it's not as sweet as what American food tastes like. Yeah. It's just, it's just a different type of sweet. So I, I think they're going to probably try to run it in that market first to see how well it does as a test market. And then they'll determine if it's going to come here to the U.S. Well, uh, the black bun got very popular and didn't make its way to the U.S. for a short while until strange things happened to it as well, too. Well, Bergie, are you ready to get into a diabetic coma by trying one of these burgers? Uh, I would never eat that. I'm sorry. Like, no, like we're not talking about like going to like Chris Ruth's Steakhouse and having a good piece of meat, like Leslie was saying, you know, something uh-huh. that is a nice cut of prime rib or, you know, Kobe beef that's made into a hamburger and put some chocolate. I can understand like a good chef there. We're talking about Burger King, but Burger King, like this is McDonald's and Burger King use the Chinese culture where they want to try out their test foods as like, that's their testing grounds for a lot of their foods. If you ever notice it, a lot of stuff gets over there first, if it does, okay, then it makes its way, you know, West and away towards us. Uh, when I read, when I heard about this and I looked into it, I thought it was a slice of cake. Like I thought they made like a little pie that was going to be right. like a burger. If you made that like an ice cream cake, I would probably buy it because I'd be like, this is kind of neat. Like I could pick up a one eat like an ice cream cake. Like the bun is the cookie. The chocolate is a burger, you know, stuff like that. Like I'm down with that. But you actually took a frozen patty that's flame broiled. How are you flame broiling this and keeping the chocolate on it? So do you cook it first and then dip it into chocolate, put it on the bun? Yeah. Oh, I can oh god, no. I like <laughs> the idea of like the the pickled like chocolates. Uh, I can't even it's so gross to me, man. It's, it's just sugar, nasty. it's just a pickle co- coated in sugar. But, the, see, no. the pickles coated in sugar, the onion rings are or the onions are coated in sugar, and the tomatoes coated in sugar. It's literally like you know, the line yeah, this, this is everything. Every dentist's dream right now. He's putting his kids and grandkids through college with this stuff, man. Like this is now. I see this will make it to America. It will make it here, and I can already see maybe two huge uh, communities that will probably get it. New York will probably have it, and L.A. Those will right. probably be the two because those are the more dense populations where these people will actually try it more because of the diversity of the cultures. They'll probably try that. You're not going to get that in like somewhere in Ohio or you know, North Carolina is something. I highly doubt it. It's going to be an area where they can market it to different cultures and make it that way. I say it makes it here, but this is a fad. This is a, a week thing, a month thing, tops, and it's gone. If they make it as a I, dessert, I'm all for it. I will buy it in a heartbeat, but I'm not eating that with my french fries. Like, that is just gross. Like, no. Look, after reading the article, you, you didn't have to go to Taiwan to do it. Just go get yourself a regular Whopper, remove all the, fr- remove all the lettuce, Put some shaved chocolate on top, dip your burger in chocolate, douse everything in sugar, and it's exactly what they're promoting right now in Taiwan. You actually don't have to go over there. You can do the same exact thing here if you really know what you're doing. Well, how are they going to cook it? Considering that everything is mass produced, how are they going to cook that? How are you going to cook that without melting the chocolate? Well, that's why no, I the chocolate's mel- mel- the chocolate's already melted. It's like it's as if like you put it through a chocolate fountain and it's like dipped. So is that what they're going to do? They're going to make the burger and then they're going to put it through a chocolate fountain? Yeah, like kind of like they have to. So you have a cooked burger 
however temperature it's supposed to be, but most likely the chocolate's going to be warm, so warm into warm. But that, no offense, if anyone knows about cooking, that chocolate is going to be doused in hamburger oil, which makes it impossible for anything else to stay on. Yeah. Uh. I love this. I love I love both of your expressions. Uh, it's, it's... <laughs> so does this does this meal come with a free bottle of Pepto Bismol and a roll of toilet paper? Because oh, that's what it should be. Those are the icons that come with it. It comes with more sugar with a side of salt, which includes your French fries and your giant, probably two and a half liter Coke that you know, because uh-huh. you gotta get a super size. No, it's a diet coke. Get oh! it. <laughs> Diabetic, yeah, even worse. Diet coke. Anyway, <laughs> the golden bathroom, the where the golden arches are, because that's hey, what that's going to happen. If someone makes it, someone makes it. So we go from dinners to breakfast, pretty much. Our lovely monster cereal that we loved in the seventies and eighties, well, actually forties technically, forties, fifties, all the way to the nineties, are coming back, and they're already on your shelves. Tired of your pumpkin spice everything? Are you looking to bring back the fun in your breakfast? Without any major announcement, your favorite General Mills cereals have made their way back on the shelves. Just in time for Halloween 2, um, Booberry, Frankenberry, and Count Chocula Chocula are back at local supermarkets. Now, out of these three, which ones were your favorites going up? Same, let's start with you. Um, I was always partial to Count Chocula. Yeah. Because he had the marshmallows. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love those little, like, they literally were just, you know, bone meal and, and, and sugar. But as a kid, you loved them. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm curious if they kept the same recipe because, you know, like, as things go on, they change the recipe, of course. So I'm curious if they went back to, like, the original recipe. Um, I'm totally going to buy a box like, yeah. It'll be my breakfast cereal for a week. Now, like, but I, I didn't read in the article, is it permanent or is it just for the Halloween season? They have Halloween. not said, they have not said exactly how long it's supposed to last, but they've done it before where it only, ha- where, where oh, it only lasts during the season. Yeah, yep. okay. Yeah, I'll totally go buy a box of each and, you know, have them for the rest of the, rest of the year. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Leslie, which one's your favorite or which one are you looking forward to getting if you do get one? My favorite was Frankenberry. There you and, go. And, and and can I just say, I will buy a box, even though I know it's going to be sweet as all get out. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're a kid, you don't imagine those things. I right. am going to recreate my Saturday mornings with that. I'm going to I'm going to get myself a big bowl. Yep. And I'm going to watch my milk change the color of change pink (laughs) and I'm going to watch put some cartoons on and sit on my bed in my pajamas and my little flannel pants and I'm going to I'm telling you the idea that those are coming back it just puts some warmth in my heart (laughs) it did it completely just changed you see this big old smile on my face it completely changed my demeanor my childhood is back yeah exactly I mean who doesn't want to recreate that childhood you know what would really be cool is if they put the old vintage commercials on to promote it. Oh, God, you know, yeah. I those. Oh man! And shout out to my brother Jay who loved some Count Chocola when he was a little kid. He loved that. That's all he would ask for: Count Chocola, Count Chocola. You know, in a little so, baby voice. Wait. So since you and your brother fought for for those two, what was the what was the compromise if Count Chocula and Frankenberry weren't there? 
Well, see, the thing is that he's like 10 years younger than I am. So right. when I was 10 and when he was growing up, I, you know, the older I became, the less I started eating that cereal. But it was mm -hmm. still around when he was old enough to like like it when he was like five, six, three, four years old or whatever. So um, nobody fought over it. It was a treat for us if my mother bought that because we were pretty much Cheerios and and kicks. That's right. what we ate or or hot cereals like we um oatmeal you know, and everything. Malta meal, malta meal or or, or um oh. any of those. So yeah, oatmeal. Um so yeah, I am excited about this and I cannot wait just to buy a box and I'm just gonna I'll be out in a diabetic coma. So <laughs> Where's Leslie? Who's in a sugar coma on the bed watching cartoons? <laughs> so so michael how many cases are you getting for yourself you're getting all three oh. cases in your in your in your place or what are you looking I'm, forward to i'm definitely gonna buy a box truthfully uh i kind of the weird one like that i remember when i was a kid i dug the chocolate one i'm i'm a chocoholic like i love anything chocolate so to me chocolate is the best one i love Con count chocula but I do remember the other two that don't get the the thing, the fruit, uh, brute and yeah. uh, was it uh, fruity yummy mummy? Like those yeah, are cool right. because they kind of remind me of like cocoa crisp and like those type of stuff. They had that look to it. I remember those, but it, it's it's kind of chocolate for me. I'm gonna grab that. I'm gonna probably grab a box of all of them. The blueberry ones were never my favorite. I was never a huge fan of the flavor of it because it was like blueberry like cereal. It was like eh. I don't mind blueberry pancakes, but that's really pretty much the only way I like my blueberries or part of like a parfait or something. That's about it. Uh, I agree with Leslie, though. If they do something, redo the commercials, put them back on TV. Even if you don't put them on TV, throw them through social media on Facebook, on Instagram, do them something like that. That would get like you'd make a lot of people happy right now that we right. need that nostalgia right now in 2020. This year kind of not the greatest. Throw some of the old stuff on. And I like we had one great saying. thing. We did get we did get one good thing, but yeah, you know, yeah, the, announce, I mean, the announcements of a show canceling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that was the best part of 2020 so far. Um, but I agree with Leslie. Like Big Bowl sitting in front of my TV, I'm gonna throw the Transformer movie on or GI Joe animated movie sit in front and just chow. Like, come on, I mean, this has got to be a photo op. We all have to do something like that. We got to get a big bowl of this. We take pictures of ourselves. We throw it up on this week in pop culture and be like. Here's what we did. Like, you know, I, I think it'd be hilarious. Get some of us with like, hair all messy and stuff like that. Bowl of cereal, just staring Saturday at the TV. morning look and everything. Hey, yeah, dude, you know, we're going to do a Saturday morning cartoon version. Here we go. Yeah, you know, big glass of milk, orange juice, you know, sitting in front of the TV, just eating that big giant bowl of cereal. Come on. Like, so, so who's got, who's got an old school onesie and who's got like old, like loose PJs and everything? Go back to like sitting in front of the TV like kids. And who's got Nintendo or Pong? Let's go with that. I do. I mean, I've got an 8 bit Nintendo. I'm looking at it right now. I could set that sucker up and take a photo of me sitting in front of it. This would be like blockbusting night all over. Oh, Leslie. Wow. All over. I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to get all three boxes, put them in one thing, and then shake them up. And so I can have Ooh. a mixture of all three of them. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to go, if you're going to go on, go. If you're going to go, if you're going to get them all, get them all in one. That, that's a yeah. unique taste. <laughs> I know, right? It probably will be sugar and extras, sugar with some extra side of salt, whatever works. And dye. Uh, and dye. A lot, a lot of, a lot imagine of that. that color. Yeah, I'm going to take a picture of that color alone, of the blue, pink, and the chocolate color. You'll probably have all 
separated in the milk, like the pink will be on one side, the chocolate will be on the other. Like, we don't want to go over there. That's a weird mixture. Like, no, 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 stay away the from The world that. implodes, you know. Don't mix the holy trinity. <laughs> or if not that, I'll get a bowl that has it that has it in threes somehow. I'll find something that has it in threes. Who knows? Oh, yeah. That's smart. We got to see one exists, first off. If someone right. finds one, be... Be awesome and and share us a link of a three tiered separated bowl. Yeah. I mean, we can always go to a Chinese food restaurant and get one of those trays because they're always separated by threes and fours. But doesn't hold enough milk for those guys. Um, sadly, uh, there's been a change in the Wonder Woman release date. Wonder Woman is now getting released by Christmas. Well, what does it do with DC so called Phase One of their so-called cinematic universe well we're gonna well i'm gonna give you a quick rundown of the so-called dc timeline that's supposed to be happening or whichever um as of right now wonder woman is getting released on christmas of this year the Zack snyder cut is somehow supposed to be released in the spring of 2021 while suicide squad will be coming out on august 6th of 2021 the Batman, starring um, Robert Patterson, will be coming out October 1st of 2021 with a release of Black Adam. I really hope it's not what we saw as a trailer. That'll be coming out on December 22nd. And starting into 2022, apparently with The Flash will be coming out on June 3rd, it's supposed to restart the whole DC universe again. But somehow, someone has to explain how Flash Fury of Gods uh, with the release of November 4th and Aquaman 2 with the release of December 16th is going to fall in with their so-called um, flashback or flashpoint storyline. I mean, somehow Warner screwed, messed the pooch up with this one or someone's still messed up on writing because if they said flashpoint's supposed to be the rewrite, uh, I don't see it when it comes to Shazam and Aquaman 2. Uh, any guys want to quickly comment while, we, while we're on this subject? Sammy? If they're going to reset it, like, I don't understand why it's at the end of their phase one. Right. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me because you've got all, you've set up all of these franchises and continued them on. And then just kidding. We're going to hit the reset button toward the end of phase one. Right. Like, so that's, that's a bit confusing because to my knowledge, like that whole, the whole flashpoint rewrite, is like the second or third iteration of the flash script yeah like they initially weren't going to do flashpoint until they realized oh oh crap we gotta we gotta do something so i'm i'm a little confused on how they're going to justify basically like resetting their two popular you know their two most popular um properties being wonder woman and um uh, uh, Aquaman. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a bit confusing to me unless they're going to do the thing where it's like, oh, well, Flashpoint happened but it doesn't really have to do with them as solo movies. You know what I mean? Like it only affects the team movie right. because they're, the way Warner Brothers is writing is pretty disjointed anyway where what happens in their solo films has absolutely no bearing on the team film. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so uh, unless they're going to maintain that sort of model, 
like which is kind of what happened what happens in the comics you know what happens in wonder woman doesn't affect aquaman and then the only time their storylines are affected is when they're both in justice league mm -hmm. um so if they continue to follow that model and that train of thought while a lot more boring to us as viewers um because it's not you know tied in with everyone else that we got spoiled with with marvel um you know i don't really see uh you know that, that's really the only way that they can continue on their path is if they like are all separate paths and then they join together for a hot minute and then come back out um and as far as wonder woman getting delayed um that's a that's a pretty easy call i could see that definitely happening because now theaters are open they've been open for a couple of weeks um so they can they can see you know with an october release date they could see and project December. i know but originally it was october um but they could see and project at this point like how how successful its release was going to be um so i could see them pushing it back so that more people would get used to things being open and going out again into the into the wild of of society and seeing it so I can see them pushing it back so that they have more of a viewership in theaters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Leslie. I honestly think that that, that list is going to change again. That mm -hmm. timeline is going to change again. And the reason why I say that, I mean, I, I, you know, Dr. Fauci just announced that he doesn't see this virus being completely contained until well into 2021. And I don't either uh, because we're going to be going through a flu season and you know there's going to be a lot of things going on so i think they're going to have to rethink that release timeline mm -hmm. um i think they may have released it just to keep the momentum going you right. know which is what dc has been doing lately um and then they'll do a, a rewrite a reprint of the uh they'll do another release press release right. saying that they're going to have to update update it based on what's going on it's going to be very hard for them to get viewership in theaters um, especially when you have at least 10 or 15 states right now that are in a red zone. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know how they're going to do it. It, it, I, it might have been a release for them to so they can rethink or how they're going to release it to the public. Um, and if it's going to be a success rate for them to do it where people can digitally stream it. So I'm not I'm not I'm not so sure that I believe that 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 press release is is uh is 100 percent. yeah yeah i'm thinking they're gonna have to rethink themselves virgie you looking forward to the flashpoint and whatever storyline comes out of it afterwards because i mean we all know superman has to make an appearance in shazam to teach him how to be a fighter but if you're doing a flashpoint movie to go backwards what does it do with shazam and aquaman <sighs> who knows you know because right. and is shazam in the like now we have the shazam family in a way basically all right. there you have to bring all of them back in because it's supposed to be fury of the gods is the name of the movie if that title still sticks and you kind of see two kind of villains at the end of the the first shazam movie so now they're going to be part of it how are they going to read i think putting flashpoint at the end if you wanted to reboot it, maybe it's a reboot for them recasting somebody else to play Flash, please, because I would love that. <laughs> um, but I think I think rebooting the whole thing at the end for Flashpoint, like 
how is this going to affect something? Or maybe he goofs something up and he goes back in our time and the whole movie is him fixing that. That's why they're going to bring in, you know, uh, Ben Affleck. Maybe that's why they're bringing in Michael Keaton. They're bringing in Thomas Wayne now as Batman. So maybe that's his own flashpoint to fix something he goofed up in the past. Hence the Snyder cut. Maybe that's where he's fixing that. Who knows? Like, I think it's just going to be bad to put it at the end, especially if you've done all these movies to be put out. And I can understand with Wonder Woman being pushed back to the end. Tenet right now is out, and that's the only movie in the movie theater. And it's in like what three weeks now? It's barely made a hundred and like thirty-two million worldwide or something like that. It's not doing well in the theater because you can't fill a theater. You can barely fill a theater if it's a six hundred seat theater. You're filling a hundred people. So, and I can get Wonder Woman in October. You have the whole theater. Right. You could literally take 12 cinemas and put it there. Staggered every hour. You'd have people in and out and stuff like that. You can do it in cleaning and stuff like that. But Christmas time, I think, would be the better suit for it. But I don't think it's going to come out on Christmas. I think this is going to get released on video on demand before February. Mm-hmm. I see it on video on demand by February. Oh, so you're saying it'll be on HBO Max before that, pretty much. And then two months two month or a month later on, on HBO Max. I think it's released on video demand. They're going to try to capitalize on it. 25 bucks to $30, I can see as a price point for you know digital demand. And then you'll see it on HBO Max probably right after the Snyder Cut. They'll air like the next day or something afterwards to keep that momentum going with their subscription service and stuff like that for the people who didn't buy it. I'll, I'll rent it the second it's out because I want to watch it. The trailer looks amazing. I, I want to see it. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, speaking about HBO Max making some strange moves, pretty much. Uh, HBO Max is releasing the first episode of Raised by Wolves on YouTube. Following the show's premiere on HBO Max, Warner Media has released the first full episode of their new original series, Raised by Wolves, on YouTube for all to see. Originally, the show was created for TNT and then shifted uh, in October 19... Uh, on October of 2019 for HBO Max. Uh, this, um, this Warner Brother moves, to me, looks like a, a I mean, sorry. Uh, this move by Warner seems to be a way to get viewers out to see the, the Ridley Scott uh, thriller onto HBO Max, but was it really intended to be on TNT if they're trying to push now one episode on, on YouTube? You guys think... Um, Sammy, do you think this is a great move by uh, Warner Media by getting one episode on YouTube and then shifting it over to HBO Max? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it it's a good way. It's a good way to kind of, you know, it's like that sample at the grocery store. It's like here, have your have that gherkin. This is how much it is, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, so I I, I see that as um, especially since. It's not a property we really know, mm-hmm. um, and it's by a prominent storyteller and director. Um, releasing the first episode is a pretty smart move, especially like you know releasing it on YouTube, so that way people start watching it, and then they're like, "Oh, I have to have another." Um, I mean, and I think I think it's better than doing like a trailer because. It's like an extended trailer, basically, is what most first episodes are now. Like, mm-hmm. it sets up your universe, your main character, in a much more telling way than here's 30 seconds. Um, 
And if it's successful, I can see other, you know, uh, other shows um, doing that. And also, it it could also be that TNT just filmed the first episode. And so that's already done and it's a throwaway cost, you know, so if it has, if, if it hasn't really cost production wise, anything for HBO max, I could easily see them throwing, throwing that as a write-off kind of advertising thing. Um, and then, you know, filming while everybody's, you know, chomping at the bit for this episode. So, yeah, I mean, I hope it's a successful thing. Cause then we get, we get to watch like a whole episode for free and then like that's way better than watching you know a two three minute trailer true leslie you think what uh hbo max has done with raised by wolves was a smart move very smart move a very smart move um i have not watched the series my husband was watching it last night and it looks phenomenal i think it would have gotten lost on tnt okay so i think this is one of the reasons why they they moved it um the, the Especially when Ridley Scott has a catalog on HBO, people would immediately go and watch Aliens all over again. Exactly, exactly. So I think the like Sammy said, I think it's a really good idea to give me a sample of what you're what you're offering, and then I I'll buy the product. You know, do the whole BJ's thing where they have a girl standing there. You know, it's like, hey, do you want to watch? Uh, you know, Raised by Wolves. You know, it's the first season. Um, it's. This is, I think this is going to be the norm, especially in this time where we're all sitting at home and we don't have, you know, you know, we don't, there's so much good content out there right now. Right. And we want people to see a sample of what it is that you're offering. Because if I had just seen Raised by Wolves and it's a sci fi and it's a Ridley Scott, I might not have put two and two together if I was just the person, the common man out there that didn't love sci fi, right. you know? For that matter, even if I did love sci-fi, I don't know if I would want to watch a Ridley Scott. You know, I'm like, eh, you know. But giving me a sample of it, mm-hmm. kind of similar to my husband watching it last night, I was like, what is this? I was like hooked. And now I got to go watch it. Right. You know, um, but shout out to that move because I think that's a very smart move. And I think that that's something they're going to continue to do. Virgie, would you have watched on TNT or would it be like one of those, uh, I'm just going to pass and wait a little bit longer and see how many episodes it comes out or comes up with. I'm, I'm always one to try new series every once in a while. And I'm a sci-fi nut. So I do enjoy sci-fi style TV shows and things like that. Like I loved sci-fi network where they had Stargate Atlantis, they had Stargate, you know, universe on it. They had, uh, some other ones in there. So I was a big fan of it. I think it would have been lost in translation, TNT and stuff like that, being that they do a lot more dramas where they're more procedural dramas like cops and lawyers and doctor shows and stuff like that. I think that would have been a nice stretch for them, but I think it would have been lost in translation. Barely maybe half a season probably would have been dropped. Now, this is the first time we've seen somebody do something where they release the first episode free. If you think about it, Star Trek, uh, I think it was an Odyssey or something. They released that on CBS first. You get the first episode, like Sammy and you know Leslie said, it's a little taster. Here, try it. We were Star Trek. We were all in anyways because it's it's Star Trek. We want to watch it. And then right. they took the rest of the season, season episode two on, and put it on their their app. That was the way that they sold their app. I can definitely see why HBO Max did this. Put it on YouTube free. Everyone has access to YouTube for free to watch it. It's going to get word of mouth. It's going to get shared on social media sites. It's basically free marketing for them. It, it's a brilliant move. 
I will definitely expect when the Peacock uh, series, like you know, their whole network goes up, you're going to see more of that. They'll probably drop a first episode here and there, or maybe even just random 20 minute clips of TV shows or stuff like that to draw people in for it. I think this is a brilliant move. I want to see Raised by Wolves from everything I've read on it and checked out some trailers and footage of it. It looks like something to be right up my alley. And I think it's the main cast guy played uh, from Vikings on yes. the History Channel. So I like that dude. I think he's a great actor, and I loved him as uh, the character on the Vikings. So I definitely want to see it. And it does have that futuristic, dystopian, different planet, alien style. Who knows? Maybe this leads into Alien somehow, and this is like a pre-pre-pre-prequel. It's Ridley Scott. The man's, you know, I think Some, he's a genius when it comes to some stuff. So It's somewhere in the Aliens timeline. This story somehow fits either in the far past or somewhere down the near future. Who knows? But if you guys are a big fan of Ridley Scott, go and check out Raised by Wolves. The first episode is currently on YouTube. And if you like that little taste, you can jump on HBO Max and check out the next three slash four episodes that are currently on HBO Max. Now, here is something that I believe all of us are looking forward to. And that is the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion that is going to be on HBO Max. Uh, this November, HBO Max will air the 30th anniversary reunion show of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. This is an unscripted look back at the at the old days. Sadly, as we all know, the voice of the 80s into 90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon Shredder, Avery James, who also who did play Uncle Phil, uh, who passed away many years ago, will be absent, but will be felt during this uh, special. Uh, the special will include the rest of the cast, including the first Anvib, Janet uh, uh, Herbert. Um, question for the cast. What stories are you guys looking forward to hearing at the 30th anniversary reunion? Sammy, did you ever watch the show? And uh, yeah, what yeah. story would you like? Um, uh, what, what story are you looking forward to uh, getting rehashed about? Um, I think, uh, you know, with the behind the scenes sort of. Uh, set up uh not the behind the scenes the um reunion set up um of those types of shows my favorite is when the cast talks about their working relationship behind the scenes and like the the like silly practical joke kind of stuff that they would always do with themselves on on set um or how some of their off, like uh, behind, like off, um, off camera jokes have made it on camera, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and we have no idea, but for them, it's like, oh, you know, that thing that we were teasing, it's in this episode. Um, I, I like that because then when you go back to to watch it, you're like, now you're kind of let in on that little inside joke. Like you feel a bit more a part of it, and you get to see a little bit more um of of them as people and actors uh, aside from you know being their characters so I, I personally like the you know some of the behind the scenes relationship that ended up making it you know on camera nice. Leslie what are you looking forward to uh, seeing or you know what are you hoping that you can get out of the episodes um I, I am I have to say the first thing that I'm waiting for is the the comeback of the old aunt Bib. Mm -hmm. um, and see, Gianna mm -hmm. Hubert actually have a discussion about why she left and the rivalry that was going on between her 
and um, uh, the other aunt. Yeah. yeah, no, not even her, because I mean, she didn't have anything to do with that. It was mostly between Will and mm-hmm. and the producers and uh, um, and and her. I yeah. that 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 feud was going on for years, and to see them actually come back and have a discussion about it, uh, you know, because she was really angry and some terrible things were said mm-hmm. uh, during the time of that feud. Um, it's really good to see her come back because a lot of people really loved that Aunt Viv. And um, not that they didn't love the other one, but they really loved her. They really loved Janet Uber. So do you really feel like do you feel like Janet was a stronger Aunt Viv because of the way she was, and then the other one was just a little too soft? Aunt Viv felt more. I would say she was like a more powerful mom, a more powerful. She aunt was more real. She was yeah. more real to me as a black woman in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I loved about her, and I'm not, and and this is no disrespect to um, the other woman that came in and played Aunt Viv. But one thing that I loved about Janet Hubert is that she owned her blackness and okay. that that was very pro- that was very prominent where the time her she took off her earrings and she's about to fight you know yeah that 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 this that was what we really loved about her there was a there was something about her that we could identify with so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing that and i'm also looking forward to seeing how they're going to discuss the fact that they were republicans in this time of trump mm-hmm. uh, they were black republicans uh some of the some of the episodes that dealt with racism Mm -hmm. and how that's so, you know, relevant today. So uh, I I just can't wait to see everything about it. I mean, you love this show so much, everything I'm going to be hanging on every word of that reunion. Mike, you're a huge fan of Will Smith, especially during um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I wish, I wish Mayhem was here for this. Um, (laughs) What are you mostly looking forward to? And w- what story are you hoping that they will uh, rehash during the show? Um, I, I mean, I am looking forward to seeing what they're going to talk about with uh, the original Aunt Viv, because it is like Leslie said, there was a huge rivalry there, which I don't understand why there was such a huge rivalry. Like Will was basically the star of the show, but the two of them did not click on set. And mm-hmm. for some strange reason, Quincy Jones sided with Will, not her, which I get. He was the star of the show. You're really going to side with the star on on it, which does suck. But if you looked at it, it's like Leslie said, she was that strong, you know, black actress at the time in that show where she was the no nonsense. I'm going to put my foot up here and you're not, you're going to listen to me. Like you said, she Mm -hmm. took the area up ready to fight. The other aunt Viv loved her as an actress. She did a great job with it, but she's more like the let's have milk and cookies. Like she didn't have that authority role they basically made that to be more you know uh uncle phil's role where he had to be let me step up to be the authoritative because she's more of the passive you know parent in a way so i think that's how i'd like to see that them talking about it and i know they kind of showed a little bit of a trailer where they had uh flashbacks with you know james avery and uncle phil and you could see all of them i want to see like are they going to touch upon the episode where will was like why doesn't he want me anymore you know, that right. type of stuff, like his father thing. And I think that will be a key thing in this whole series because of Avery not being there and then having all the cast members, you know, bringing up him and the key scenes. You're going to see a lot of B. It's going to be a lot, a lot of love with everybody. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to focus a little bit more around Avery with every character. Will will bring it all in and they'll probably discuss what's going to be going on in the new series with it. Um, 
I'd like to see how many of these original casts come back for that new series. Okay. Oh, the 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 we'll we'll get into the new cast in a minute, yeah. but no one from the no one from the old cast will will be in in the, in the new series. From yeah. what I'm told. Yeah. So we Wait. If this reunion goes well and this gets you know views and a lot of people are going to tune in to watch it and this is probably going to be shared like crazy, you're going to get some of these people will show up in the new series. Maybe not the first season, but I say they'll end by second season. I can see that as well too. And we'll finally get the age-old question: Why, for five or six episodes, the inside joke was Aunt Viv, you look kind of different, and it goes on for literally almost a whole entire season, and including DJ Jazzy Jeff pointed out one too many times during the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Always, always love that joke for him. <laughs> <laughs> it was always my favorite, man. <laughs> Sorry, but if you watch the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you watch the episode, it was one full season. And Jazz made it known on every I just, want, I, just want, I just want to see one person throw Jazz out. Like, give me an old school flashback. Someone currently take Jazz and toss him off the set as a joke, as a nod to what you know Uncle Phil did. I think it'd be great. I, I want. I want to see how. I want to see how it was actually done. That would be like a good little story. Right. Because when Uncle Phil threw uh, threw him out. Who did throw him out, or did Jazz do his own stunts? Like yeah. that would be an interesting key point because we've seen Uncle Phil. What it was almost once, once or twice every season, just about, except for like one season where Jazz missed one season, but yeah. he at least was thrown out of either the back patio or the front door. Yep, and you always saw the picture of him, and you always like, and he do that flop, and it was like, yeah, you know, he got tossed, yeah. you know. But there was one that. time, but there was one time he threw himself out. Yes. <laughs> that'll, that'll still be exactly as you laugh about the whole that thing. I want to hear the story about Jazz. Did he do his own stunt? I mean, there I, we did see a dummy on two of them, but we did see him do the flop himself. And why, um, and why was that the, the running joke of him being tossed out? What was the reason behind that joke of him being tossed out of the house? I, I'd like uh, to know that. There's definitely a story behind it. Maybe that's up for comedy book convention mr burgey mm. <laughs> i'd love to run that panel anyway you can catch the so fresh prince of bel-air uh coming up <laughs> coming up this november to hbo max but we all are looking forward to this now don't get confused hbo is gonna have the fresh prince of bel-air will smith special but nbc is going to have the Fresh Prince of Bel Air uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air reboot, and what's official? The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, simply called Bel Air, will debut on the Peacock Network. Uh, the series will have an hour long. Will have their hour long episodes. The series will also have a serious and grounded tone compared to the funny jokes and antics of what we were used to with the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, Bel Air premieres in 2021 on the Peacock Network. That's WNBC for anyone who can't figure that part out as we keep going. Um, Leslie, let's start with you because you are all about the reboot. Yeah. And you're um, like, you're looking forward to it more than any, like, like a lot. You're looking forward to more than anyone else. Yep. I'm actually, I mean, I, 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 it's going to probably be a dramedy. I mean, there is going to be some funny content in it because you can't go too far away from what it originally was, but I am looking for the more grittier version Mm -hmm. of, of that. You know, um, it's a discussion that we often would have, 
you know, if we were talking about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, a lot of Black families would have discussions about it, like, okay, you know, that really wouldn't happen, or this would really happen if this was, you know, if in, if it was in this real world. So right. to see, those, see some of those scenarios with a real world spin on it is going to be interesting. Um, I think that people are going to get a better view of what it's like to be living in a family that is Black Republicans, people that are black people that have wealth, uh, what it took for them to get to that status, because it's just, they weren't born into that money. They had to actually work for it. And it's one of the things that you might've seen occasionally when they discuss their storyline, but you're going to see the real deal, like what right. it really takes. And then in this time like, period. Like to, to, to show you like a little things. I mean, they joked about country Phil. Are we going to get literally country Phil and how that transition from him being a farm boy, let's yep. say a black farm boy yep. in the South, and then raising a family and then moving to California to be a lawyer and then now becoming a judge? Yep. I believe that you're going to see it. You know, it's going to sp specifically focus on Will's story, I'm quite sure, but you're going mm -hmm. to see what it took. And I'm sure it was pretty grueling knowing how mm -hmm. it is to be a. Uh, a person of heritage, that type of heritage here in America, what it took for him to get to that point and why he was so, um, you know, um, he was a fighter covetous of that. Like the fact that he had, you know, this, I worked very hard for this, why he was so like, you know, adamant about, you know, succeeding and, 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 and no excuses because he was able to do it. Uh, Uncle Phil, well, I'm but saying. To be honest, we did see those in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air there was no joke about Phil. the one the one thing that was never a joke was Phil's success. Phil no. as a lawyer and Phil as a judge was never the butt of any joke. It when was it comes never. It a, was never. But you're going to see what you're going to see is why it was never the butt of a joke. That's mm -hmm. what you're going to see. And you're going to see why how it took for him to be a farm boy to come all the way to L.A. and be a millionaire. Mm -hmm. And uh, and be the kind of judge that he was that was established and his road to that. So th that's a lot of the content that we did not see in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. They would yeah. address it in specific stories, but yeah. you don't see what. And, and, I, and I will say this, and it just is a revelation to me. You as an audience, as as people that are not of color. Uh, you saw the episodes, but we yeah. that were people of color knew what it meant for them right. to get to that point, why those stories were addressed, uh, why um, why Will wasn't accepted like in an all white school and the, and what happened to him and stuff like that. We knew what it meant. You only saw those moments. You only saw things taken out of context and, and there for you to view for entertainment. But now you're going to see why it was so important and so relevant. And, so hopefully um, we get to see, a, a, now we'll see a darker, grittier version of his life in school, we'll say. Exactly. How, we only of saw one side different. of it. We see Carlton as one way, and then we saw literally like Will Smith's character in another way, as I really do this to show two different aspects of it. Because we saw Carlton literally try to fit in with all the kids that were there, and Will didn't want to fit in. He wanted to be his own individual self. Hence the reason why the first jacket was meant to be inside out. Right. Almost right. like Chris Cross Little was like, I want to be unique. I want to be different. I'm in dress code. But I'm not in dress code. Right. Sort of. And even you're going to see that dynamic because as somebody who was raised in, in a in a black family, 
you're going to see what's got the difference between a child that that went to a public school where there was better education or private school and those that didn't. And the fact that I had to prove to my right. cousins every summer that I was black enough to be their cousins. Literally, right. this is this is the stuff that goes on to the dynamic that you all are not aware of and that I had to prove that I was acceptable at a white school. Mm-hmm. But every day I had to walk around as a black person. This is the stuff that we're going to see. And I am so glad that I'm seeing this version of it. It's one thing to laugh about it uh, and make light of it. But now you are going to see uh, in this age of, of Black Lives Matter, you're going to see a different side of those things. And it might co- it might be something that's going to bring a better discussion about race and identity here in America on this this particular um version of Bel Air, of mm-hmm. uh, freshmen of Bel Air. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about seeing it. And no, I don't think they're going to bring back any of the old cast. Um, from what I understand, this is an entirely new cast. Uh, I think that they're going to try to keep them as close to the original cast as possible. But I, I'm looking Personality-wise, they want to keep Yeah, personality-wise, yeah. I think that, that um, we might see some appearances from the old cast. You know, mm-hmm. we all love that. But yeah, this is going to be a brand new Bel Air, so watch out. Sammy, um, what story would you like to see from the old fresh from the old Fresh Prince of Bel Air to be used in the new version of Bel Air? Um, you know that's a that's a good question. Um, I have to building like after listening to to or she's over here. Um. After listening to Leslie, um, I've I've actually like kind of re uh, reinforced my opinion of the the new show because you're kind of taking a sitcom which literally was just these snapshots of these people's lives and that became our you know came into our life and we only saw these snapshots um, and. You know, obviously not being a person of color as the light completely whites me out. Um, I, I, you know, I, I didn't, I, I don't understand, you know, um, the, di- the behind the scenes dynamics in an African-American family and, you know, um, having to prove you're black enough. And um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how much more inclusive um it, it you know uh and 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 kind of make the family um relatable in the fact of like okay we're relatable and we're showing you how relatable we are because we're humans and this is what we go through at, in our culture as opposed to what the 90s did and they were relatable simply because they removed those aspects of that family dynamic so in terms of what stories i'd like to you know see I really would love to see all aspects of the the family exposed because we never got to, uh, to, my, to my recollection, it's been a minute since I've seen the Fresh Prince, but we never saw the, um, Phil, you know, at work. It, he was, uh, the only thing we saw was school and their, and their mansion and, and, and maybe some snapshots of them, you know, Will Smith, and Carlton in public, but I really would love to see, you know, the, the storylines uh, deepened. And so that these two dimensional sitcom characters are now 
full three-dimensional characters that really explore the culture, uh, uh, you know, the African-American dynamic, uh, family dynamic uh, in a modern culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and offset with the, you know, with the the dramedy sort of uh, humor to it. Um, and I, I think that they're going to probably bring in, you know, the characters, um, the previous cast as, you know, like a teacher or, you know, like a, a cameo kind of uh, situation. Um, so there's not one particular story that I want to see more than any other, but I really would love to have that uh, character family dynamic really pulled apart and exposed. Nice. Sorry, I'm Casper right now. It's okay. <laughs> I can't fix it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bergy, what story are you really looking forward to as a, let's just say as a rewrite? Because there was a lot of stories when it came to certain issues that, are current they're current as of today mm-hmm. i think a couple of storylines i think that they are going to really touch upon is as leslie was saying earlier where we're going to find uncle phil's backstory per se how he came from being a country farm boy to get all the way up to being a lawyer and mm-hmm. into uh you know being a judge because i know in one episode he talked about how he said to one of his other white colleagues like i'm not black enough for you or something like that or it's because i'm black but i'm a i'm a lawyer and you view me as a rich person like i want to see that dynamic is there like we know that's going to be touched upon they're going to get the systematic racism that they're going to talk about where a black person of power there is only there because of you know they're going to say probably because of you know, uh, who they know or something. Yeah, who they know or something, or he did something wrong and that's how he got it or something like that. We're going to see that. I think we're going to see touch upon that. Also, where Carlton, where he didn't realize that there was that two sides to everything. Like he thought he was just part of everybody, even though he was mm-hmm. black, he was still part of the whole crew. But at the same time, he was black and he didn't really fit in with everyone because. He was rich, black, and some of the rich white people just viewed him as, you know, a second-class citizen per se, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, they made it a comedy and a joke about it. We're not. We'll we'll probably get a couple of little jokes here and there about stuff like that. But it'll be more of like I think the black side talking about it on the white side. You know, you're not going to get the white people doing those jokes because it's now you're not going to get that. Um, right. I think we're going to see a, di- a dynamic more of a, a like. Leslie said, a dramedy. We're going to get a couple of like key comedy parts in here every once in a while, but we're going to mostly focus on it. And I think they're going to focus more on Uncle Phil. Probably, I, I really do. He might be the more focal point of it because he's a lawyer. He's going to have to deal with a lot more of the today's social issues and dealing with the family aspect of it. These kids are in and out of probably juvie, in and out of trouble, schooling, that type of stuff. Will's probably going to hang out with a bad crowd. He's going to bring that up. You're going to see a lot of that. Yeah, we'll still see, you know, the the sisters and Carlton being that like rich people. But I think they're going to be more social, you know, fighters for social justice to get things going. Um, but it'll, it'll be interesting. I, I think I'm I'm looking forward to it. And I do think a lot of the cast will come back, but I think it's going to be a cameo. I would mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw somebody like Carlton in there as like a substitute teacher, you know, for an episode. You know, maybe, you know, Jeffrey as, uh, you know, somebody somewhere, like maybe he's a, a lawyer in an episode representing, right. you know, somebody, things like that. I don't think we're going to see them as like, 
you know, a family member that comes over and sits down and has dinner, like Uncle Phil is sitting there with Carlton having, you know, dinner. But I think we will see that, like, they'll throw him in there for an episode, maybe a two-minute, five-minute little cameo, and then we move on. Just to give that nod to the old school, but letting them know, like, hey, this is our new stuff. This is our new time. Right. It's our time for change. Our- so. Or maybe, or maybe family member comes in as the cousin for one of the family members. Les, Leslie, yeah. did you have something you want to add? Yeah, a couple of things too. Um, yeah. What you guys are going to see too, I think, is the fact that they are wealthy doesn't mean that they're acceptable. They're they're acceptable yeah. because of their money, but not because of their color. And I think that that's the dynamic that you're going to see when they get to a, a, an upper echelon of society. That you're accepted, your money, they see green, but we know that when it came, if it came down to it, your blackness is going to always be present and prevalent. But, you know, I think that that's something that you, that we're, they're going to explore in this as well. You know, privilege doesn't necessarily mean that people are not racist. It just right. means that you're accepted because you have money or status. The other thing too, which is, a, is something that, you know, Hash, you and I spoke about is the fact that Jeffrey is a butler and he's mm-hmm. a black butler. And yeah. how are they going to change that uh, image of a black butler being for a black family? Is he going to be now uh, a professional, um, a personal assistant yeah. per se, or so. a valet, you know, um, those are, those are images that might have played well in the 90s, but maybe not so well here in the you know 2000s. Right. Like besides going overseas, maybe to England, I don't think any single person here has a butler per se anymore. And even if they do, every professional now has a personal assistant. But does your personal assistant cook for you and clean for you every single day? I don't think so. And Jeffrey Some was do. the man. But Jeffrey was the man who actually upkept the house just like he would a father or a mother will say. And it'll be basically interesting to see what kind of character Jeffrey is in the family. You also have a lot of dynamic of how uh, Hillary would be. Is she the camera crazy photogenic person? Um, I forget um, Tatiana's character, the little sister, how they're, how she's going to be or how she's going to be portrayed. Is she that, the smart one where she understands everything and isn't like her brother and isn't like her sister, but she understands everything in a broader aspect, like her cousin will. Um, I would love to see a redo of two or maybe three episodes that were Phil related. And I don't know if anyone remembers. It was when Phil was a judge on the stand and two white kids and two black kids committed the same crime. And Phil had to decide and normally, we all know where that aspect goes to. Phil made a decision many years ago that was very difficult. Are they going to discuss that story again? And the whole aspect of driving a nice car while black was one of the other key issues as well, too. When Phil goes to pick them up and he has to go and tell the guys that I'm a lawyer and a judge and had to get them out of jail and fought the police officers. That's going to be, to me, two of the stories that I look forward to actually seeing you know, just because of how 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 strong an episode they were, and everyone liked to say, especially Michael mentioned before, the you know my father didn't love me or want me episode that literally still makes everyone cry to this day just yeah. by even thinking about it. Um, that's one thing that we're gonna have to re-see again, and you could put that episode right now, and ninety percent of us would be crying right now oh, yeah. because it was such a strong episode. 
you know, I um, think we're going to see more, you know, the, the poignant episodes that we keep, you know, that, that stand out. Yeah. I think though those types of storylines are going to step forward in this new, um, this new reboot. And then the kind of quirky comedy slapstick is going to yeah. obviously take a, a, a very large backseat back yeah. because that's, you know, that is, um, those types of, you know, poignant stories are what's acceptable now. You know, that kind of stuff back in the day, you know, we had to, you had to bite, you know, bite size that kind of story because predominantly you were dealing with a, a, a white crowd that yeah. didn't want that sort of um, slab of reality when they sat down with their sitcom families. Um, and so when they bite-sized it, so I'm looking forward to them taking, taking those story, you know, those stories, taking a front seat, you know, the taken in the driver's seat, um, for this new re this new reboot. Well, I want, I want this change right now. I don't want, I don't want Will Smith playing, or I don't want Will playing a uh, basketball player. I want him to learn tennis this time. Let him learn something new <laughs> as a sport and anything new. I, I feel like the main actor when they were previously from the past, Great, he's a great basketball player. Guess what? Let him be a good hockey player or soccer player. Let let let's make that change. Let's make that fun new change. You yeah, know, I don't and think that's gonna. I, I don't think that's gonna happen because if he came from the hood, I'm telling you, it's either football or basketball. Because there's you know, you know, you know two ladies, <laughs> two ladies came from Compton, and they are the predominant world champions of yes tennis. but that's because of their dad's influence their dad and remember will did not have a father that was influencing his his you know he, he was out does in the street. have an uncle who supported him and made sure he did the very best and taught him life lessons and we all and i kind of wish will smith was uncle phil for a quick storyline if they did bring it back but hey let nbc take that to to, to the next level because guess what Saturday Night Live is coming back. <laughs> because why? We need some laughter. I'm also tired of watching, you know, shows like us. I mean, anyway, are you sad enough? Are your Saturday nights and uh, getting dull and boring? Tired of looking at co comedians at home or the bar, bar crawl from room to room? Well, Saturday Night Live is back. Saturday Night um, has was last seen on on March seventh, which uh, featured Mr. James Bond himself, Daniel Craig. Then we got the Saturday Saturday Night Live edition at home, which was on April eleventh, with hosted which uh, was hosted by Tom Hanks, and we all know how that turned out. But Saturday, October third, everything will sort of go back to normal, where everyone returns to the studio at Thirty Rock, at uh, uh, Thirty Rockefeller Plaza. No, no word yet on who the host is going to be that evening. Uh, Sam, let's start with you. Are you excited for Saturday Night Live back at the main studio? Um, well, the whole like, I I'm not sure how they're going to do it because, like, normally they have it a jam packed audience, and that's where all of the energy comes from. Um, so I, I'm not really sure how that's going to work. Because if you have like, uh, well, normally their studio audience is like maybe like a hundred or so people. So that means they're playing to a crowd of 30 people. Like, you know, so I'm not, I don't know. Like I, I, I could easily, you know, 
see them just doing filmed skits and then airing it for the time being. But, you know, playing to an empty audience or a barely there audience, I don't really see that sort of fun magic happening like it normally does every Saturday night. So I don't know. I think it's going to be more of a miss than a hit. Well, we also have the April one being a miss but uh yeah. leslie are you looking forward to uh the COVID edition of saturday night live to probably probably to no audience and with a soundbite of laughters and whatever they decide to throw in there well you know I, they did I, I actually thought that they did pretty well with their COVID run i mean you know they filmed you know people were actually at their homes and they did skits at their homes and i thought that they were pretty funny you know right. in fact i, I I think that they did well. And I have to agree with Sammy on this. When you do any kind of live show, you get a lot of energy from your audience. So I think that it's probably going to be film skits. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't see them having audience people, uh, people coming in and actually, you know, you know, usually with that show, you have, you see the, the line around the block trying to get into that show. Yeah. Um, and that's not going to happen until COVID is over. So um, I, I'm not, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I, I'm not really, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference for them being back in the studio. I think that is just there because they're going to film skits in the studio because they actually have uh, backdrops, you know, mm -hmm. for particular skits and stuff like that. And then they're going to release it as, you know, it's not going to be a live show. I just don't imagine it being a live show. Uh, and like I said, they've been doing very well in their COVID run of doing some of their shows where people are actually doing it from their homes. And I've laughed at some of the skits. They were hilarious. I think a lot of people have just, because they're not actively working, they've become a lot more creative. We all know that that's been what's happening since we've been had a sit down. So um, the content was really good. Um, but yeah, I don't see it becoming the, the Saturday Night Live that we all know so well. It's just not going to have that vibe. Okay. Bergie, what would you like to see done with Saturday Night Live? I would love to see it in the you know, post-apocalyptic world where we're all back to normal and, uh, you know, they have an audience and I'd love to be part of that audience one time. Um, Let me sprinkle I, some uh, dust on you to bring the reality yeah. back or something like that. Right, yeah, you exactly. Know, little, um, yeah. Sprinkle little, it little, everywhere. It's called a fantasy. Um, I mean <laughs> – I didn't catch any of the, the stuff during the COVID because I didn't think they were doing it. There was it. only one. There was only one episode. All right. So, yeah, so I didn't even catch it. And I usually watch Saturday Night Live based off of whoever is the guest host um, mm -hmm. and whoever the musical act is sometimes because I like to see, you know, some of the skits. And I'll, I'll kind of DVR it and then I'll skim through it the next day to see what's what for the skits and watch their monologue and see what they do. Um, I, I think it'll be different. It'll be to see who's going to be the lead you know, person cast as the, the, the show runner to that will make probably a make or break that episode. Uh, if we can have live sports per se, why not live of this in a way, but if we'd have to keep them, you know, in a bubble in a way, I mean, you're going to put them in a hotel next door, get them right into the studio, keep them back and forth. You could do it, but to bring in a celebrity, you have to what, you know, quarantine them for two weeks before the show bring yeah. them in so that way you make sure it's going to be a little more difficult um i don't so know So you're pretty much saying they're going to go through the uh the celebrity list of everyone in in new york in a way yeah, kind of i run think them so dry a little 
I think you're going to go people probably within an hour or two drive or something like that that might live nearby that you can bring in for it. But you'll your still bring in a big... Are, so your musical acts are uh, Jonas Brothers, Salt and Pepper. Well, no, actually Salt. Naughty by Nature, Stinking of Jersey. Who else is still around? Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I'm literally going through a list of who lives in New York right now. Maybe a Jay-Z performance. There's really not a lot of people, even for a New York performance, let alone acting-wise, unless you're getting Steve Buscemi, who still has a house in in New York, Chris Rock, but he's between here and and Atlanta. Yet you're still going with the Jay-Zs and the Beyonce's. Uh, unless you get Norman Reedus, unless his butt's still in North Carolina, unless his butt's still in Atlanta, you got the Ryan Reynolds and the Hugh Jackmans. I mean, we can I mean, go had, on yeah. and on and on with all the celebrities that currently live between the New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut area that probably can host Saturday Night Live. You had me at hello for uh, Salt and Pepper and uh, Naughty by Nature. I'm down with that for musical guests. We know that. I mean, I'm down with that. You know that. Um, yeah, I know. I mean, I think Alec Baldwin is always a popular host for it. Like, he Hi. will be a draw for it. Tom Hanks is another popular host. He'll be a draw. You bring in Julia Roberts. She's a, a, a draw. You've got some people that will be drawers that will help them get audiences to tune in and watch. It all just depends on the skits and how they're going to run them. How are you going to keep the celebrities separate? How many people are going to be in a skit? You're probably going to minimize it to two to three. You're going to try to keep the social distancing to a, a, you know, a must in a way, or you're going to have props in between them so they're not on top of a person. It'll just be different to see how they do it. And then the end monologue would be the most interesting one when everyone shows up on stage wearing masks, and then that's going to be the end of the skit. And who's going to have who's going to wear what at the end of the monologue? And then seeing mm-hmm. the band, what about the band? The band's right on stage in front of the host. Are they wearing a mask? Like we got the trump. There's a trumpet. There's a trumpet player. There's a saxophone player. The guitarist and the drummer can easily wear a mask, but <laughs> we're looking I, at I, also the 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 main band of the of the show too. If, if you pay attention to like ESPN and some of the sports channels, a lot of that stuff where they're doing that, they have that plexiglass that's almost like literally razor thin. You yeah. could put that up and put it across some of these people so they're not on top of each other which will definitely help, especially like the saxophone players, the trumpet guys, stuff like that, where they have to. But the guys with the drum, he's behind something. He could wear a mask or something. You know, who, who knows how they'll do it? It'll be different. It'll be interesting to see. Well, it, it, all, it all happens on, uh, on October. When I put it, actually, it all happens on, uh, on, on uh, October 3rd. So hopefully we're all looking forward to Saturday Night Live on October. Mm-hmm. But there's something on everyone's mind, and that is GameStop offering a payment plan for the new Xbox Series X and the PS5. We're here to give us all the crazy insight of what GameStop has in mind. Mr. GameStop himself, Michael Burgi. Take it away, <laughs> sir. All right, so everyone, as Leslie has got a smile from ear to ear, way worse than when we were talking about some other uh, subjects earlier today. Uh, <laughs> you, right now, the only thing that's been announced so far has been the uh, Xbox Series X and the Series S. Those just got announced. Uh, you're looking for the Series S, it's $299. Um, and then you got the Xbox Series X, which will be $499, um, right. respectfully for both the prices. GameStop in well actually they'll start off with Xbox All Access will be doing the first one and they're gonna be doing a payment plan. 
So the S model is going to cost you $22.99, and that's times 24 months. So you're looking around $551, give or take a penny or two. Um, that's going to be uh, the cost of the system, which is $300. And then you're going to get the two years of Xbox Live and access to their Gamers Pass, which allows nice. you to play all their games on there. If you're looking at it, you're probably going to save in the long run maybe well you'll overspend maybe like 50 bucks on it all right but i think for the luxury of having a console now and not dropping 300 bucks and then 60 dollars for the year and then five games at 300 bucks a pop eight nine hundred dollars before you walk out and you've got a console this allows right. you to stretch it over two two years per se um the series x will be rumored i've heard is 36 dollars roughly Times 24 mm -hmm. months, same thing. You get two years of Xbox Live. The Gamers Pass, which is access, day one access to all their games on there so you can play them all. Um, you're looking at that roughly is going to be about $865, give or take. Um, they're great deals if you're somebody like that. But if And I get it. It's going to be like a rent-to-center per se. You're going to do it directly through Microsoft. Mm -hmm. GameStop is going to be looking at doing stuff where we'll have uh, layaway plans. Layaway is not going to be on the Series X. It's not going to be on the PS5. Don't even think that. They're going to do that on the PS4, Xbox One, the Switch, headsets, major consoles. They're not going to do it on those because how are we going to do a layaway on a Series X or a PS5 for three months? And then I have to hold that in the back room and then you come in on September 15th and pick it up. They're not, they're not going to do that on the new systems. Older consoles, yes. The newer ones won't be it. I know we've talked about there talking about doing something where we're going to do our own rent to plan. I'm intrigued on that, where it's going to be someone's just going to leave and we're going to hand them a console and it's like, hey, you're going to pay us back, but it's going to be a payment plan like rent to center. Mm -hmm. Who's to say these people don't come in, just take a console and leave and they never show up again. So that's something I know that's hinted on by a couple of third party things. I really do not think GameStop is going to do that at all. They'll partner with Sony or Microsoft to do their own version of it. I don't see us doing it because that's here's a product and you're promising to pay us off over the next year. Yeah. N no way in HE double hockey sticks is that going to happen. Uh, there's no way. Uh, but there are some cool stuff. And I know this upcoming Wednesday, the 15th or so, is uh, PS5. Uh, Sony is announcing it at one o'clock. Uh, I think it's Eastern time. Or four o'clock Pacific time, one o'clock Eastern time is going to be the uh, announcement for the PS5 with the price point, uh, when it's going to be coming out, and what the pre-order date is. Right now, the Series X is November 10th to be released. Pre-order date is no, uh, September 22nd, 2020. Uh, so that's the rumored dates on everything. Uh, and I think the 22nd for September is through Microsoft. I don't know if that's retailers yet. That's the one thing I'm waiting for. I'm also waiting to see what's going to be day one release for some of these consoles for game-wise. Uh, I know Xbox has said rumored going backwards compatible all the way back to the original Xbox games. What? Yeah, that's Xbox has said oh. all the way back to original Xbox. Nice. So that's Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One, all of those games and consoles. You're rumored to be also right now is... Controllers and headsets from the Xbox One series will play on the Xbox X. I've heard both of that will be compatible. I think that's going to be a limited run. I want to say that's probably a year or two to help people ease into the new console with the new cost. Mm -hmm. PlayStation 5 is PS4 only right now. 
I know everyone's been rumored all the way back to the PS1, but then you'd have one, two, three, then the four, put it on the five. That price point would be through the roof. So I don't see that happening. Um, but I definitely Come on, see... man. Just a little code. I want to play those pain in my butt purple discs that I had playing, you know? <laughs> right. The blue disc and the purple and then the silver oh, and yeah, all yeah. the different ones. The um, purple was and... by far the biggest right. pain in the butt when it came to games. Yeah. And then uh, with the PS4, they are talking about PS4 games on the PS4. We'll play on the PS5. And you can take your controllers for the PS4 and headsets to play on the 5, but only your PS4 games, not the PS5 mm-hmm. games. They want to focus on the newer controllers for the new 5s because of the, the shock controllers and different changes that they're going to be making for it. I, I mean... This is a lot of stuff that's going to be coming down for it. I think it's going to be fantastic. I have some issues with both consoles where I think they're lacking some of the hardware a little bit more for the price point. Um, I'd like to see some bigger hard drives in some of these, but that's me as a gamer, especially the Series S. It's a 512 solid state drive. 80 gig of that is the operating system. And right now on an X or a PS4, some games are 150 gig just to load. Now you're going to give me a digital copy that I'm barely going to get maybe 400 to 420 gig of space. And that's with the new stuff that's going to be coming out. I can just imagine with the 4K capability of some of those. It's going to be interesting. A little, a little interesting that we're beyond the um, the 512 hard drive when pretty much the current PCs have up to 10 terabytes. And you can literally buy a 5 terabyte hard drive for under $100. Mm-hmm. A little strange right there where you can pick that one up. Well, but, yes yeah. and no, it's strange because you think about this. What sells consoles? Games and accessories. Games. So accessories. If, if if there's no good games out, that's going to hurt lag on sales on both of them. There's some great titles listed for day one within the first two months. So I think that's going to help push the sales. But now you have hard drives, external hard drives. That's going to really help them because you're going to need that to store your games. Well, you my know? four terabyte already filled up all my games already, so now I got to get a bigger hard drive. Great. Yep. yep. Anyway, that's Michael with all the GameStop and uh, payment plan options, everything. Go hit him up at the Warwick Mall later and uh, go and bug him pretty much when it comes to your pre-orders. <laughs> I, I already know one person is going to be bugging me. <laughs> one, maybe I, two or three. I mean, I did come to visit you. <laughs> yeah, Leslie. What are you looking no, forward I'm, to? You know... I, I'm kind of curious myself. I, I have to agree with Ergie on this one. I, you know, as somebody that has both consoles, I just actually bought a, a new hard drive for my Xbox One just to add more content so I can add more content and games to it. Uh, the transition is very hard for me when it comes to new consoles. Um, and I always feel like PlayStation is way behind Microsoft's. Uh, releases because Microsoft offers so much that PlayStation doesn't offer. Um, I my question is if you do have this payment plan, is are they going to do a a um, a credit check? That's the first oh, thing yeah. because not everybody has good credit, so that means that you're probably not going to. And most mm. gamers don't, and people are not working right now. So this is going to be very interesting how this is going, how this plan is going to work out. And you're correct, you're quite right about that. Think about, um, you know, all of the people that rented from. Um, oh gosh, what was the name of that game that you could rent a game? GameFly. 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 Yeah, all the people that rented from GameFly and never gave sent back the the. Uh, the this the, 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 the disc. Discs. So yep. 
the thing is that you're this is the unfortunately this is the the demographic that you're dealing with here so i think they're going to have to do more of a push to sell everybody on the idea of renting this out every month for i mean are you paying a payment plan on it kind of like rent a center it's going to be very 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 interesting and i trust me as someone who works in the industry i'm curious on it because what happens if like you know you've rented the system out for six months the system breaks where yeah. are you going to go you're not where? going back to microsoft you're going to come to gamestop because yes. everyone comes to me, oh, my system doesn't work. I, I have this through game through Xbox. Replace it. You did it through e Xbox. You have to talk to them. And who right. knows how delayed they might be on stuff getting swapped out. Who's Wait doing a minute. The you know how delayed they are. You know how I delayed know. they are. I actually know. Um, no, during my 360 days, when, when I had the Red Ring of Death, that thing oh. came back in like less than a month. So I got lucky that my Xbox 360 came back in less than a month. Mine during didn't come back at all. Mine didn't come back at all. But think about that during a non-pandemic time. Right now, yeah. they're estimating time from what we've been told is three to four months if you have to send anything back for repairs. That's so going to work for a gamer. That's not going to yeah, work no. for a gamer. No. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. So I can see them, you know, um, you know, they're going to be basically doing the same thing that a lot of cell phone companies are doing with their higher end phones. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Like, you know, I have Sprint, now T-Mobile, and I'm basically paying off my phone every month. And if I don't pay that bill, I lose that service. So I can see them and I could what I could see what they're going to do is when you rent the service, you have to pay for the online component. And if you don't pay that bill, it's going to brick your system. And I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and, that's and, the digital part of it. Yes. So, so that's is probably how they're going because the only the only way that they're going to be able to keep you pay like keep you paying is by providing you a service. Right. And so if you're and I can see them, especially you know, starting out with the you know not the new consoles but the older consoles, um, doing something where you have to. In order to play any game and you're doing a payment plan, you have to be hooked up to the internet mm -hmm. it, because it's going to check your account. And it's like, okay, is your account current? Yeah. Okay. We'll let you play the game um, because that's what they do with your cell phone. You know, right. if your cell phone doesn't, if your cell phone doesn't work, then if you haven't you know, paid you your bill. Your you can't do anything. No, that, yeah. that, that's definitely the digital component of it because you can't upload anything. Right. digitally unless you're signed onto the network and that's another thing i wanted to ask you how are they going to do it you know i'm currently paying for both of my online packages th through sony and and microsoft how are they going to do that how are they now going to change that uh payment plan for somebody that's going to uh actually rent out the system like if you're already paying whatever it is 16 dollars a month or if you've already purchased a yearly package how are that? How is that going to translate over to this new? I I think they'll do like you can like what is it? Uh, bundle it or you know stack it. So if, yeah, you have a year membership. It'll stack with whatever you have now. Maybe they give you a slight discount on it. Like oh, you have six months left. We'll knock forty bucks off or something for the whole year plan. They'll probably look at something like that, and they've probably already done the market groups and the research group on it. I'm interested to see. It's like all right, so I buy the digital version. It's like Sammy said, you have to connect to the network because that's what a lot of people don't realize is with digital. 
You download a digital game. Hash actually told me about this himself, where he lost three games because they were digital, because they lost the yeah. licensing. So right. keep this in mind, people. If they lose the licensing, guess what goes away? Your game. Your game. If it's digital. If you have a physical, I have a physical copy of a game. They can't take it from me. I bought like, it. I literally, it. on the PS3 network, I bought the Konami version of Simpsons yep. and Ninja Turtles. Both versions, Ninja Turtles, the arcade game, and Turtles in Time. All three are gone on my freaking PS3 network. Yeah, so that's what stinks, and I paid for it. But meanwhile, I didn't get download. a credit for it. Right, it's a digital download. You bought that digital, and everyone's like, oh, I own it. No, 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 no. In a way, you own the digital rights to it to watch it and play it. But if they lose the licensing to it, they have to remove it from their service. You're attached to it. You lose it. Physical, what, I have it. They can't yeah. take that away from me. That's and what with happened digital, with Marvel versus Capcom, too. It just correct. disappeared. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I was playing it one day, and all of a sudden, it was like, oh, I never go back in. Gone. Gone, right. And you sitting there like, that was, and that was here. And, Where did it go? And that goes back to Marvel with their deal with Capcom. Mm -hmm. And why the last Marvel vs. Capcom game, Alliance, was more important than any other game possible. Yeah. And like Deadpool. Deadpool was a game that was digital. When the movie was coming out, they pulled all the games off the shelves. Yep. Digitally, phys physical, moved them all. Then all of a sudden, they were like, oh, physical we can keep, but digital we can't. So we could keep reselling them as GameStop, but digital you couldn't find it. Because yep. the movie came out and they wanted to separate it for it. So it's the same premise with this, too. Physical copies are going to be the way to go, but I know people are like, they want to sit home in their PJs at midnight and buy a game. They don't feel like going down. But guess what? When you're not supporting a brick and mortar store, that place is out of business. And now you can only do digital. Oh, I don't like the game. Well, delete the game. You just lost 60 bucks. Mm -hmm. And Microsoft yep. and PlayStation don't care that you didn't like the game. They're not going to offer you, oh, you didn't like the game? Oh, here's your money back. No, <laughs> Good luck well, with see, that What one. kind of deals are they going to be negotiating now with these, with these gaming houses and let's say Microsoft and PlayStation. Now, if you give me digital content, does that mean they own all the digital content after they purchase it so that these people are not at a loss when something happens as far as the contract? Oh, we're still at a loss. Oh, I mean, you're we're still going to be at a loss. And you think about a lot of these companies, same thing. They're going to be charging full price for a $60 game, $70 game, $80 game with the DLC, the season pass. They're not giving you no discounts. They're not going to yeah. give a break. You don't have the physical case. I didn't have to ship it to you. I didn't have to produce the case, you know, stuff like that. That's money that they don't have to make. So now think of their overhead from going maybe 15 bucks per game for an overhead. It's now down to two or three bucks. That's $12 more in their pocket, not yours. They don't care about you. Yeah. Microsoft and Sony is still going to charge you $59.99 for that game with tax. They might give you all oh, if you pre-order, we'll give you five bucks off. It's a digital download. They lose no money. Yep. Yeah. It's well, all gonna, chaos. It's yeah, all I'm chaos. Gonna, at the I'm going to wait and see like I always do. I'm going to give it a few months before I decide to upgrade. I know that a lot of people, a lot of my friends are going to buy the new bright and shiny thing, but I'm going to sit back and just watch. I'm, I'm buying the router. I'm buying the hi-fi router. <laughs> like, yeah. I want it. It's, it's I want all, it because of Horizon Zero Dawn. Right. It's, it's, all, it, it's all chaos because at the end of the day, eventually someone's going to delete it. And guess who's doing that as well, too? Facebook. No, God Facebook God. can now delete banned accounts, just like how the, just how Xbox and PlayStation can delete old games, and they lose those rights. Well, guess what? Now bands are going to lose that, those rights on Facebook. Starting on October first, Facebook will be limiting independent artists from promoting their music videos, and will create a music listening experience 
for uh, for yourself or for others. Uh, this also includes Facebook Live. Facebook claims that this is done because we want you to be able to enjoy videos posted by your friends and family. Um, yeah, whatever. Yeah, right. uh, accounts found in violations of this new music uh, of this new Facebook music guideline will have their videos blocked and their accounts and pages deleted. Uh, Facebook also owns Instagram and currently has no new rule change that the platform um, on that platform yet. No offense, but since the introduction of Reels and them allowing the TikTok videos, I mean, if you're cutting out song and dance stuff, isn't that almost like the same exact stuff? And no offense, Facebook, during COVID, if it wasn't for those local bands or any of those national bands, we'd be sitting here bored out of our minds because no offense i'm thanking metallica every single monday because they created metallica mondays and you're taking something away sammy what do you think of this crazy new rule that facebook has on the music industry now I, so like is it any like i don't understand how they're going to implement that because is it like a blanket thing for all music so like, you know how like copywritten music all music I mean, so even the I'm independent dance. Playing music on my live stream, they're going to shut my live stream down? Yep. They're yep. not only going to shut your live stream down, but they're also deleting your account. You'll probably get a shadow ban and then probably a block. And if you do it again, you're probably going and deleted. Yep. That's like, why? Like, I, like that doesn't... Because they want to turn, and what it sounds like, they want to turn the live video and streams into YouTube now, where uh, they can now throw in commercials or play a commercial before or after your stream, or um, before or after the stream. So they want to, to they want to monetize the live streams now. That to me, Not that's it. what it sounds like. Because, like, I um, mean, I get, I get, like YouTube, where if you're playing copywritten music, they mute your video or they'll take the video down because right. you don't own the copyrights. But if you're an independent, like if you're a musician yourself and you write your own song and you put it up there, they're going to, that's yours, mm -hmm. but they're going to delete your account because you're playing your own music. Yeah. That, that seems, that seems a little fishy. Like that's the part that like I get like, yeah, I'm not going to play green day on so, my stream. So so here's the example. Here's the example. So Metallica Mondays happens every single Monday. They put up their two to three hour sets. Now what they want to do, they want to treat it like YouTube that during the two to three hour set, they want to throw in those extra commercials. That's what it sounds like to me. Right. But it also takes away from the independent artist that sits there and does a live show to entertain every single person there. No offense. I don't want to see my kid, my friend's kids videos of them crawling crawling and throwing food and stuff like that i see enough already you know yeah. well it sounds like you know you know with all of this the regulations now going into facebook as it is i mean just think myspace started doing the same thing and how many people now know what myspace is you know yeah. so the older crowd only <laughs> because they're limiting so much stuff you know it, it makes me wonder if we're going to start seeing you know a more free social platform come into being that will allow bands to play their music regardless of who they are and that kind of thing, you know, cause that's what happened with MySpace. That's how Facebook came to be. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's really crappy and fishy of them 
to do that, um, you know, for especially for independent artists, you know, because how else are you supposed to get your music out there? Right. Like the social media is like a huge component of your business now. Mm-hmm. And if you don't if you don't publicize it, are they just you know, it just sounds like they're just trying to grub for more money from people like, OK, well, if you're a private account, you can't live stream your music. You have to sign up for this business account. And if you want to live stream your music, you're going to have to pay us. Mm-hmm. Leslie, your thoughts on all this since you are married to a musician. <laughs> um, I think it's going to backfire on them for oh, yeah. a couple mm-hmm. of reasons. One, you're not offering these bands anything for your advertisement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not offering them a piece of that advertisement and you're going to have, this is a, a great opportunity for somebody else to come in and create another platform specifically for this. Yeah. Um, so whoever is out there, you know, I think you should come in and, and just wipe the rug right underneath them. Just pull it right on, underneath Facebook. You can't, if, if this is my content my copyrights and I'm sitting there and people are enjoying it. And this is the only form of social media that I have, let's say to listen to Metallica Mondays or to listen to black Dawn, you know, their set that they did as a practice set during COVID. It is the, it is so evil to take away creative content from people right now when we totally need it. And it's so nefarious and it is so money grubbing in my opinion. So my thing is, if you're going to do this to these artists, then what are you offering them to put other people's advertisement on there? If you're ordering, if you're offering them a piece of that advertisement, because you're putting content, you're putting their content onto my music street, my music station, basically. Right. What are you offering me? Sure. Mm-hmm. And it's, and a lot of people are not going to have it. So somebody's going to come in and create something where people can come mm-hmm. in there. You can see band sessions like my, my, you know. Metallica Monday or a, a practice session, you know, right. um, and and you don't have to deal with that or the advertisers are going to have to come to that particular platform and pay the artist for doing that. I, I don't see the reasoning behind this whatsoever. I really don't. I think it's a really bad move on their part. But well, if they are going to do it, then I also see that it's a bad move because it shows that they're about money. Well, it shows because we get commercial after commercial after commercial stuff we don't ever ask for. And now we also get our, like commercials in the middle of some of our little three minute videos. So where is this now going? Michael, you're shaking your head and you're agreeing because you sit there, you watch videos just as much as I do. And we're stuck between commercials every darn time, even on a one minute video. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think this is the reason this is coming up is because Facebook has been under such scrutiny for the last two to three years. But now this last six to eight months, I think they've been under way more scrutiny by Congress and by our government for potentially selling data, mining, stuff like that for our personal information and doing that. So now they're like, okay, cool, we can't do this. Well, these bands and I hate to say it, us, we're doing a show for fun. We're not making money off this. We're not doing anything. This is us having fun, just trying to, you know, entertain ourselves during quarantine this is also the same premise with the bands. They're putting their music out there to potentially when this quarantine ends, they might have a job. They right. might still be able to make music, might be able to still have a career. And Facebook's looking at it like, well, how can I capitalize on that? Like I've noticed it a couple of months ago, me and uh, my friend Jaybo, we streamed something. We played music in the background. We didn't pay attention that there was music in the background. Our feed got shut down. Right. And we were like, why did they get down? And then like, oh, you don't own the copyrights. It's like, well, we was just listening to the radio in the background. 
the radio listening is just that's the same thing. Same yeah. thing. You have a tape deck at home back in the day. We used to record songs off of that. We didn't have no rights to do it, but they had the technology available. We did it and we did music and we made our own little mixtapes and things like that. I think this is a way of Facebook trying to monotonize uh, a poor situation and they're going to try to make money off of this. They'll probably sit there and go, hey, you want this? It's like you said, it's a business account. You're not going to have a regular account. You're going to have a business account. You right. want to have this where you want to do this and advertise and potentially make sales off of it. I see it could even affect Sammy when she's doing her live streams. You know, she's going to get probably knocked on something because she's selling a product. She's selling something that's mm -hmm. going to happen. Twitch and some of these other places. Now, look, Facebook also bought out Mixer, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So Mixer was a number one thing to Twitch. Mm. You, you don't see a revelation here. Facebook yeah. owns uh, Oculus. They own you know VR technology. They're trying to do different stuff to make more money. I mean, Zuckerberg is already like what a twenty billion times billionaire. Like he really needs more money. Just I, I don't know. I think I'd like to see more. And think about it. If we try to go to Instagram, they own Instagram. Yeah. Like where are you going? <laughs> There's not much out there for platforms that's available unless you're on Twitter. And Twitter doesn't allow a lot of stuff with this and live streaming. So you're looking at Twitch or you do Mixer through them or another company comes up and creates something else like a MySpace, a Facebook. Google tried it. Google failed on it. And yeah. Google, a, I thought, could have done it and they didn't do well with it. So it'll be interesting. There's an Instagram program, like program called, I think it's Vero. Yeah, yeah. Vero. But no one, no one made the switch to Vero and they've been out for the past four years. And now it's very now it's just there for the cosplayers. Oh well, yeah. Vero but, also was an issue because it was supposedly something where people were stealing your info. Oh, and there yeah. was a major glitch in that system. It was actually selling your info to the black market. So oh. a lot of people then deleted that and got rid of it. So there was problems with that. Anyway, unfortunately, the show has just come to an end. But real quick, we'll go through every single person so everyone knows who everyone is. Sammy, where can we find you after this? Uh, as always, you can find me uh, Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern here with these lovely people, plus one. Wednesdays, um, I'm live streaming through Castillo Studios. Social media-wise, you can find me at TS Castillo Studios and on Facebook, huh, uh, Castillo Studios. <laughs> and then uh, my website, CastilloStudios.ninja. There you go. Leslie, where can we find you? Of course, you can find me here, and you can find me at the Bit and Apple. We are actually going to be doing live streaming shows in October. I'm also going to be doing a live streaming show with our illustrious hosts up there, uh, uh, premiering on Fridays. Uh, you can also find me on my uh, new uh, site for where I'm selling Body Shop by Less. Um, so uh, definitely come there. I'm going to be doing a reveal party, which is a, a live opening party of what content of what I'm going to be selling. And I'm also going to be hosting a, a reunion of my film camp. That's TBD, but I think we're now looking in October. So I will keep you all posted on that. Yo, Bergie, where can we find you if not here? Uh, Sunday nights here with uh, everyone here. Missing mayhem, you know, missing you mayhem. Hopefully you'll be back next week. Uh, and then uh, Tuesday nights with Hash, we'll be talking uh, toy culture and different things along those lines. Catch me on uh, Instagram, MJBergie23, Facebook, Michael Bergie, and uh, BYOG group. It's Be Your Own Geek. We do a lot of stuff in there for you know pop culture, toys, everything like that. So that's where you can catch us. 
Thank you all for watching uh, This Week in Pop Culture. My name is Arash. Thank you. Um, thank you, Sammy. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you, My uh, thank you Michael Burgi. Um, we look forward to seeing Mr. Mayhem next weekend. Um, and if you are watching on all social media platforms, don't forget to uh, like, love, and subscribe, but also love yourselves in the meantime. Thank you all for watching, and we'll see you all next week. Good night, everyone.